God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. Adams, you're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And we have a lot of um, audio clips today. We're going to be talking about Hunter Biden, uh, um, uh, KG, KJB, Jean Pierre's uh, press conference, where she didn't answer any of the questions. But it turns out that uh, James Comer said in uh, some interviews that the Oversight Committee, which he is the chair of, He's the uh, congressman from Kentucky that's overseeing the Biden uh, investigation in oversight, has said that they have jurisdiction over the Secret Service. So every time Jean-Pierre kicks it over, kicks the can over to the Secret Service, well, that's going to be in the purview of the Oversight Committee. So that's going to be interesting to see how that develops. You know, mainstream media is trying to spin that as... uh, open to the public and anybody could have dropped it off. But when you listen to people who know uh, the protocols for the White House, there's just no way someone's going to risk bringing in uh, cocaine like that. Um, And it was cocaine. So there's no way they're going to risk bringing the cocaine in and get busted. I mean, that's that's a pretty serious crime to be bringing cocaine into the White House. So there's that. So there's a problem there. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, And then we have some developments, you know, in France. uh, Marie Le Pen gave a speech. We're going to do our best to translate it. I didn't I wasn't able to find a uh, translated version of that speech. So I'm going to have to read the subtitles. I'm going to try to do that. And see how that works out. We have some things on climate and and globalism. Um, China and Klaus Schwab have gotten together and are doing some things that, you know, really are very much in line with what I was predicting and calling out for. Uh, my concerns are that, 
you know, China is as much into this new world order and China is as much committed to this globalism as anybody else. So don't think just because they're a nationalist country that they aren't part of the equation. Because in any equation, you know, you have multiple numbers and you have multiple entities. You know, you can't play catch without a pitcher and a, you know, and a receiver and a catcher. You know, to play ball, to hit a volley, to play 10, it takes two to tango. Okay? And the tango in the New World Order is that BRICS nations are going to be manufacturing and G7 nations are going to be innovating and patenting and they're going to get all the education, gobble up all that education. And it's going to be Chinese money that's going to influence the way we're educated, as they have done, by giving billions of dollars to universities that indoctrinate our children. And that's uh, happening all the time. There's other countries that do that too, like Qatar and Qatar, uh, UAE. UAE, uh, A lot of countries do that. But China is probably one of the richest and most influential. And so they not only are playing their end, which is the manufacturing slave labor end that brings profits to the multinational corporations, which are all owned in part by BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. And these entities control the politicians with their donations and their NGOs, like a Soros NGO, like Open Society. But they also control the media with their ad dollars, and they control the narrative. So they control everything. And until somebody is serious enough to stop it, and see, Trump was, and Trump didn't even make a big hay out of it. He didn't even state what the obvious. What Trump did was he would get out of things, like he would get out of the Paris Agreement. He would tell, tell everybody that the TPP was a bad deal. So he would just get out of the TPP, and he would get out of the Paris Agreement, and he would get out of a lot of these things. And he would just do things that would be fundamentally uh, instrumental in crushing the Klaus Schwab World Economic Forum, BlackRock corporate uh, takeover of your freedoms and liberties and justices. And he would just do it. He wouldn't talk about it. He wouldn't say, I'm doing this for this reason, but he would do it and it would have this negative impact. Making countries pay up into NATO is another example. You know, just shutting down the border shut the, has tremendous havoc, wreaks tremendous havoc on the cartel's ability to uh, do business, um, on Chinese the China's ability to sell the fentanyl to the cartels, and the cartels to finance the coyotes that then do the human smuggling and the drug smuggling and the arms smuggling. 
that goes on on the southern border. And so one, it's like a domino effect. And just simply by doing the right thing, you do so many things. I mean, all these things that haven't been done. And you wonder why they haven't been done. They're so easy. Building a wall is easy. I have a friend that has a fencing business in Philadelphia. Easy. He could build that fence. I mean, it's easy. We have a whole military uh, civil engineers, uh, army of engineers, that can build it if we were serious about it. Like I remember Trump taking office and Paul Ryan said, we have a plan to build the wall. It's right here in the brochure. And he put that brochure out there and it never got delivered. It never got done. The same thing is true with moving the embassy to Jerusalem in Israel. Trump said, you know, um, I'm going to go ahead and green light it, sign off on it, but it's never going to get done. I'll be long gone before that building ever gets built, and it'll never happen. Because the politicians say they want it. They know that it's the right thing. But, you know, political... uh, the political uni party doesn't want to ruffle the feathers. They want to leave those bargaining chips on the table for future kickbacks down the road. You know, they, they never want to solve the problem because it's the problem that's making them rich. By going back to the negotiating table and throwing more money around. Because somebody is laundering the money. Like the, all these decades of paying the Palestinians... Uh, for their, um, we're not going to take a call right this moment. Sorry. Um, uh, so, all these decades of giving money, throwing money at the Palestinians, is just something. And to make that problem go away, then all that that money train, that gravy train, right there, just goes away. Solving the problem of ending a war in Afghanistan. Well, that's terrible. That's going to ruin it for people like Lindsey Graham and when John McCain was alive, getting rich off of that. Kofor Black, Mitt Romney, all these billionaires that invest in seed money to get these black market deals, wheels turning, and the, the assured revenue streams and sure, assured profit from said investments Forget about 20%. You're making 50% on the dollar. That's a no-brainer. And that's how Mitt Romney got rich. It's not because he's smart. I'm sure he is smart, but he's evil. And he's two-faced, and he's a flip-flop, and he's a backstabber, and he's not to be trusted. He's a snake, Mitt Romney. And anybody who supported him Needs to know that. And so here we are, you know, with all of this deception, this disinformation. You got this Ukraine war. We're giving more money to Ukraine again. And for what? It's just a laundering scheme. The same as it's been in Iraq and Afghanistan. Nobody wants to end these wars. That's the problem. So, 
We're going to get to Hunter Biden after we get to this French thing. This speech uh, was delivered. It's it was, it was basically one of the most fiery speeches. Everybody knows now. I've just I just got back from Paris, and as soon as I got back, these these uh, uh, that that incident against the Algerian uh, from the police um, became like a tinderbox, and next thing you know, everybody's everybody's. Uh, setting things on fire and stuff like that. Although Stu Peters put out a tweet about something in Marseille uh, about a library that caught on fire. And it turned out that that was, uh, that was in, um, I think, Beirut or somewhere. I mean, too much fake information, especially I, I, I really draw offense to misinformation and disinformation and just pure negligence uh, on, in this case, Stu Peter's part for putting out these things. It's almost like they're infiltrating the the right to embarrass us and make us look stupid. But that's what he did. A lot of people like Stu Peter's. I like some of his sensational stuff too, but it's got to be accurate. And... That's where I am with that. So, you know, like we try to we try to be spot on, right on. You know, we try to be right all the time. And I just, you know, especially on the right, uh, when people come out with these tr- these these uh, bits of information, you want it to be correct. And uh, anyway, we're going to go ahead and try to I'm going to try to do this. Um, I don't know. This was this could be a train wreck. All right, so just basically, here's what here's what's going down here. Le Pen, she's um, speaking in French in their parliament, and she is talking about, you know, this multiculturalism, this open borders is just killing the country. And in France, they don't want to share their culture with the Europeans in general. They want to be France. It's it's ingrained in their culture. And I think Italy is very much the same way. There is a distinct difference between, say, Germany, which is woke as can be, and and uh, there are a bunch of you know Nazis in Germany too. There's a bunch of Nazis there, and they have a culture of this control and square boxes and fences and walls and stuff like that. It's in their DNA. But as you go further south into, uh, say, Munich, and you get the, um, you, the the more southern part of Germany, the Bohemian part, um, it's a little bit more loose, a little bit more romantic. And with France and Italy, you know, there are romance languages for a reason. And the cultures are more relaxed. And they don't want to be messed with. And it's, see, I mean, the thing is, it doesn't mean that they're weak. It just means that they don't like a lot of change. And the one thing I took away from my trip to Paris was how much it did not change since I was there in 2021 when they had the Frank. And, yeah, I was talking with this nationalist back then in 2021. I mean, I'm sorry, 20, 2001, before 9-11. And they had the Frank. And 
I remember this guy who was fighting tooth and nail the whole Euro and the European Union. He said it was going to be terrible for them. And it turned out it has been. Because it turns out that the globalists that are supporting these open borders and one world governments and stuff like that, they don't have the people's best interests at heart. And you, you, end up with representa- you end up with taxation without representation. Because these people that are being, that are representing the agenda and the policies aren't elected officials at all. They're, they're corporate, uh, government corporate partner, government corporate, corporate government partners, something like that. And that's what they do. And the young, small mom, mom and pop stores don't have a seat at the table. They're just bottom feeders off of the multinational corporations and they're dictated to, they don't, they're powerless. That's a problem. But still, I still believe that the globalists are going to have a tougher time with these romantic countries in changing the, their, their, their lifestyle than they're having with, the, say, the United States. I th- I, and that's new. I, I thought that that was opposite. I thought the opposite before my last trip. And, and the thing is about that is... I don't even know that the globalists understand that fully. That they're never going to fully adopt this. And this latest stunt in France is just paramount to it. All right, so let's take a listen to this uh, Marine Le Pen. I'm going to read it out. It says, At a time when our country has just been delivered to plunder, plunder and insensate fire... I would like to ask for the question that French, all French people ask themselves. What have you done with France? You have been carrying out the same policies. Okay, so what have you done with our country by implanting zones of unlawful use? And what have you done when you let yourself be communalized and criminalized rebukes them for turning france from the garden of europe into a fiery hellhole what have you done when you let the ignorance of our culture prosper see it's a culture war the hostility towards the legal let's see the hostility towards the legal authority of the state the illegitimacy of our laws and the hatred of our people. What have you done to transform our country among the most courteous, the most elegant and the softest of the earth to make it a hell? Where is it consumed with public buildings that burn, however, in the future? This spectacle afflicts the whole world and our country, which was so admired for its intellectual brilliance and its power. Today arouses pity when it is not irony. Shamed them for shaming those who correctly predicted it was coming. You have not learned a lesson from the riots of 2005, not more than the state of France, which allows a security disaster 
to occur for the GEOs of 2024. Government officers and with a new national humiliation. The truth is that you did not want to hear any warnings. What is happening, we had predicted it despite a great adversity. I say with sadness and gravity, unfortunately, we were right. At the moment, it cost billions of dollars. Uh, I call to you courage of self-criticism, to the humility to admit the dramatic failure of your policies. First and foremost, we must stop anar anarchic immigration. Immigration, right? That's what they're citing. Yet you are aggravating the problem of communitarianism, even separatism, and to spread it in any village. That's what they're doing in the United States. As her adversaries howled with derision, she suggested the only solution for France was a new national election. We must then regain control of all of France, restore the authority of the parents, rebuild the schools, the crusade of the Republic. See, folks, what's happening in France here is happening here. And yet, you know, one thing I noticed, no flags over there, but flags here. You know, we're further along in terms of wokeness, but people are rejecting wokeness all around the world. But the point that I need to stress the most is that it is an agenda piece. Wokeness isn't a necessity or a cry for help for equality um, or even equity. It is a ruse. It is a political weapon. Uh, how it works and how someone came up with it and why they would choose that method of attack and think that they can get away with it is really beyond me. But they are getting away with it because they control the media and they control the gaslight. And the gaslight is when you say something that's so ridiculously untrue but you keep saying it over and over again, you're going to get people to believe the most absurd uh, lack of reality. Give justice its firmness, without which it will remain powerless to protect the French. Get tough on crime. Faced with the economic and judicial securities chaos, will you finally admit that the only possible solution is national? Wow. The next election in France isn't set to take place until 2027. Can they really wait that long given the utter bedlam now unfolding? Yeah, 2027. I did not know that until now. I chose this clip. I had another clip that was not edited by that guy. Um, but uh, but um, I'm glad I chose that one because uh, this clip, uh, I didn't know that uh, their next election is 2027. Wow, that's a long time for France to, you know, and they're they're going after France because France, like I said, they have a lot of work to do. If you're a globalist and you want to convert France into, you know, obedience to the globalists. They're being run by a globalist, Emmanuel Macron. 
but their government is anti-Emmanuel Macron. So that's why that speech has a lot of weight, because Le Pen has more momentum now, more strength. And when she's speaking up, and she didn't speak up right away. She didn't politicize it. People were calling for her to say something. And she did. All right. So over to Hunter Biden and the crap that we have going on in our country. MSNBC's Andrea Mitchell, the most radically liberal, Mary Allen Greenspan, radically liberal journalist on the planet. We have just learned that a former formal lab uh, has confirmed that sp- suspicion that the white powdery substance found in the West Wing on Sunday was, in fact, positive for cocaine. I can't even fathom anything like this having been found before in the West Wing. <laughs> and turning to some breaking news, we have just learned that a formal lab has confirmed the suspicion that that white powdery substance found in the West Wing on Sunday was, in fact, positive for cocaine. The discovery led to a brief evacuation of the White House Sunday night. Joining us now is NBC White House correspondent Mike Memoli. So, Mike, where do things stand now? This is so unusual. You and I have covered the White House for years. I can't even fathom anything like this having been found before in the West Wing. And I go back to the 70s at the White House. So this is pretty, pretty wild. It's absolutely extraordinary, Andrea. And this new conclusive test confirms what had been the preliminary field test conducted by D.C. fire personnel who were called in on Sunday night after the discovery of this suspicious substance by a uniformed officer in the Secret Service uh, that was conducting a routine patrol of the White House. And so uh, to recap on the developments from that we've been reporting on yesterday, this was found, we understand, in a highly trafficked common area of the West Wing. It's an area where individuals, especially visitors, individuals who may be coming for, for instance, a private tour, might have been asked to leave some of their personal belongings before heading into uh, more sensitive areas of the West Wing, which of course includes the president's, the vice president's office, some of the most senior officials' uh, offices, as well as the press team and a number of deputies. So there you are. Um, You know, for the left, because the left is so like, they're like such sheep, and they believe everything they're told by their trusted liberal bias news media. That's why that has some impact, because if Andrew and Mitchell says it, says, I can't fathom, and I haven't seen since the 1970s, since I've been covering the White House, that's got to that's gotta sway some, some votes. And, you know, one of the biggest problems, I think, for America— is this so-called, and I think they're spinning it really, but this so-called suburban mom um, thing that, that does, somehow they don't resonate with Trump or Trump doesn't resonate with them. And I don't know, man. I, I'm not buying that. I think that that's a spin. I think that's a, that's a, that's a fake narrative. I think that. But maybe not. But what, what what could they possibly need in order to, you know, say Joe Biden's not the guy and that globalism is a problem and that the person that can best that's best suited to fight against globalism is Donald Trump. By the way, other breaking news, uh, Pope Francis, who puts government in front of God and he's a pope. 
is meeting with former U.S. President Bill Clinton along with Alex Soros, George Soros' son, and they're all hanging out at the Pope's residence at the Casa Santa Marta. Wow. Talk about just corruption at the highest levels. So this uh, woman, Pelham, uh, I follow on uh, Twitter, she wrote something really profoundly great. And she said, We now live in a world where doctors destroy health, lawyers destroy justice, universities destroy knowledge, banks destroy the economy, the press destroys the truth, and governments destroy our freedoms. Yeah, that sounds about right. Donald Trump weighed in, given this speech in Dayton, Ohio, um, and he was talking just about the laptop. Uh, this may have come out before. Um, I'm not sure when he was in Dayton, but let's take a listen. It was the laptop from hell, and they said it was Russia disinformation. No, it wasn't. It was from Hunter. Can you imagine the father? I, I'm not sure he understood it. But assuming he understood what was on that laptop. No, could you imagine? Don, if that ever happens to you, if you ever have a laptop like that, I will never, I swear, I'll never speak to you again. <laughs> okay? Eric, that includes you, just so you know. Oh, I think that's funny. That's so true, though, too. That is very, very true. Don Jr., I got a couple of clips from him, for him, from him uh, with this guy named uh, Beatty, uh, Darren Beatty, uh, reporter, investigative journalist. Uh, DK writes this. He posts a meme, Robin Williams. Robin Williams says this. Robin Williams, when he was alive, said, Politicians should wear sponsored jackets like NASCAR drivers. Then we know who's... Oh, we then we know who owns them. Imagine, right? Imagine, you know, you're a you're a you're a NASCAR driver, and you have you know an endorsement for Pepsi, and you're drinking a. Would you ever be seen drinking a Coca Cola? Would you ever say, you know, well, I need a Coke right about now? You would never. You would lose your sponsor. So you would say, you know, uh, all I want is a Pepsi. Reminds me of a punk rock song. But, uh, you know, all I needed was a Pepsi, right? So the Pepsi. You know, you would you would sponsor this Pepsi. If you're getting paid by Pepsi, you wouldn't say, I want a Coke. Well, that's the same thing with politicians. They're paid to say certain things. That's the same thing with journalists. They're paid to say certain things. I mean, it's just simple. It's simple math, right? Follow the money. It's always been about following the money. Very soon there will be hundreds of health officials saying it was your choice. No one made you take the vaccine. Heart disease risk skyrockets 13,000. 200% following COVID injections. So this is pretty pretty damning. CDC admits this, by the way. This is a fairly new report from June 
2023, the top two public health agencies in the United States conducted a joint study showing that the risk of developing autoimmune heart disease among the full vaccinated. No wonder Pfizer bought the patents on myocarditis <laughs> after delivering their COVID shot. No wonder. Follow the money. Follow it. All right, so here's uh, the press secretary, Jean-Pierre, Kareem Jean-Pierre. Let's take a listen. Uh, You said the president has been briefed on the cocaine that was found at the White House. Is the White House conducting its own internal investigation? This is something that's under the purview of the Secret Service. They're the ones who handle this investigation, so it lives uh, in, in, uh, in their purview, in their world. And then just a quick follow-up on this this type of tour. Can you explain to the American people who would have access to the West Wing on this type of tour and what kind of protocols are in place? So, look, when it comes to uh, security protocol, that's something that the Secret Service certainly is going to handle, and so that is a question for them. Uh, When it comes to... When it comes to visitors to the West Wing, uh, they come for many reasons. Uh, obviously, we do have uh, West Wing tours that, that occur here uh, on campus. Uh, they happen in this particular past uh, couple of days. They happen on Friday. They happen on Saturday uh, and Sunday. The times that they do not happen is when there's a federal holiday, like yesterday. There was not uh, a West Wing tour. Uh, and also when there's a white, a large White House uh, event. So I don't have anything more to share uh, on, uh, on the particulars. Again, when it comes to security when it comes to anything of those types of protocols that is something that secret service handles all right so secret service can be called before the oversight committee and this can get addressed let's see let's see what uh james comer has to say and we're gonna have an announcement hopefully uh, next week of more findings uh, more disturbing findings that we found. You know, bank records don't lie. Uh, people make a big issue out of uh, taxes. People cheat on their taxes all the time, but it's hard to cheat on bank records. We also are requesting more bank violations. We're hoping that Treasury will give us access to more bank violations that we believe uh, would have information on the the potential bribery charges that uh, were alleged in the FBI documents. So uh, our investigation is moving along. Uh, we're entering the deposition phase. Uh, we're going to have Devin Archer will be the first person that was involved in the Hunter Biden business dealings or whatever you want to call them. Uh, he'll be the first person that we depose. And we have a list of uh, who's who that were involved in the Biden organization that we plan on deposing throughout the summer. Uh, I want to get your reaction to the cocaine found at the White House. The Oversight Committee actually has jurisdiction of the White House. What's your take on that? And do you believe that the Secret Service will actually report to Congress and provide the information about where they believe uh, where it came from? Well, as you know, Jason, the first step is we've requested a briefing from the Secret Service. And thank you for making the point that the House Oversight Committee has jurisdiction over the Secret Service. So we're expecting to be briefed on that. We have concerns about national security risks. Obviously, uh, there are you know, are, are a lot of uh, uh, explanations that uh, that could be made for what happened there. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, with all the money and all the security that we have around the White House, something like this should never happen. And we're concerned about uh, the fact that the president's son, who we've said for for seven months now is a, is a risk to our national security, is spending so much time in the White House. We have reports that say he's spending more time there than Joe Biden's actually spending there because we don't really know where Hunter Biden 
Biden lives uh, unless he's living in, in the White House. And that's a concern because you look, go back to the laptop that they want to deny the people that he associated himself with for a four year time period. Uh, are very questionable characters. Many of them are incarcerated. Many of them are in court that are currently yeah. uh, under going through uh, many trials. Jason, and we're going to. Can, can, can you imagine, though? Nobody knows where this guy lives. That statement blew me away. Nobody knows where Hunter lives. He might be living in the White House. I mean, you can't make up a story where you got as big of an idiot as Hunter Biden. I mean, he's got nude photos all over the place, a Pornhub account where he's showing himself naked with other hookers, buying Ukrainian hookers and Chinese hookers, and getting a uh, stripper knocked up and disowning the child. And they paid off the child support with his pseudo paintings he's not even a painter i would love to see whether he's actually the one painting the work that he's actually saying he's doing but it's just unbelievable can't drive a car without getting pulled over gets kicked out of the navy gets hit up with drug charges is filming himself naked with crack pipes in his mouth loses a laptop making all kinds of Millions of dollars in deals, selling out American secrets. And the great question was, you go to your father and you say, uh, you know, hey, dad, I'm working with Romania. I'm working with Iran. The business is good. All right. Uh, Russia. I'm working with Russia. I'm work. I got three and a half million dollars sent to me for the mayor from the mayor of Russia. Working in Ukraine, you know that place where you're doing business. Yeah, I'm I'm doing that. That's that's on your purview, right, Dad? And uh, I'm going to China, and I was wondering. I got to go over there and do a billion dollar deal. Um, could you let me go on Air Force Two with you as vice president? And uh, I'll, I'll just go and do my deals, and then I'll ride back with you. How about that? We can do some catch-up time. Why wouldn't Joe Biden be curious about the kind of deals that he's doing, especially when he has no talent in anything? He's not a bricklayer. He's not even really a lawyer. I don't even know that he's licensed. I mean, he is just a buffoon, drug addict who lost all of his teeth, had dental work to put them all back in, was speeding in his Porsche 172. His daughter is doing a layout centerfold type of thing in short shorts, laying on the same silver Porsche. It's the most disgusting family on the planet. This guy, Joe Biden, is the worst of the worst. He is just pure evil personified. He's absolutely disgusting. And there it is. So we're going to take a listen to this other James Comer interview. Let's take a listen. Congressman James Comer is the chair of the House Oversight Committee. Congressman, before we get into the corruption part of this, is this story, this part of the saga involving little Navy Biden, the worst part of this story? 
Well, it, it's it's a bad part. There are so many bad parts. I know. Uh, but it's really sad when Joe Biden tries to portray himself uh, as a as a family figure. Uh, you mentioned his grandchildren, his other six grandchildren. Well, one of them is is scarred for life because she got hung up in the Biden family influence peddling. We found out about her through a bank violation called a suspicious activity report. They were funneling money that they were, were laundering through shell companies down to one of his grandchildren Do you to think try these to hide grandchildren- it from, from uh, being in Joe Biden's name and to evade taxes. So this is not a good role model for how grandparents should be. Amen to that, uh, for sure. Congressman, do you believe that that grandchild knew that her name was being used in that way to as part of this scheme and, and with the shell company? I, I do not. But I will tell you, when that poor girl goes to get a mortgage or apply for a credit card, she's going to have problems because she has a bank violation, a major bank wow. violation. She's always going to have to hire an attorney to help explain the, the financial situation through probably no fault of her own. I mean, she was in college. She wasn't doing some kind of uh, shenanigans with, with a Romanian foreign national. This is how the Biden family operates. And, and what becoming more evident every day, Joe Biden did use Hunter uh, to be the fall guy in case anything happened. And he's always told his son, according to everyone that we've interviewed who had anything to do with the Biden family influence peddling, that uh, don't worry, son, you're a Biden and I'll keep you out of trouble. And thus far, he's been able to do that. Well, so then, am I right? I mean, my theory is that Joe Biden keeps Hunter very close because he's afraid of him. He knows that he's volatile and resentful and angry um, and and unstable. I I think, yeah. Look, I mean, you can see in his text messages what Hunter Biden said about Jill Biden, the first lady. I'm not even, I can't repeat on Fox what he said about her. But but he's he's talked bad about his dad. You read one of the texts he wrote to his daughter about how he's had to keep his family up. And he's kept his family up not because he did any work, but because Joe laundered money through shell companies identified with Hunter Biden. Joe Biden is the real bad guy here. I mean, Hunter Biden's terrible, but his dad is the reason that he's the way he is. But just because you're a crack cocaine addict doesn't give you the right to take $25 million from foreign nationals and not pay a penny taxes on it. But look, this money didn't just fall into Hunter Biden's laps. It's because of Joe Biden. The evidence is is more apparent every day. And to, and to listen to Joe Biden talk about family values or to listen to Joe Biden talk about criminal justice reform or, or policy where he wants to hire more IRS employees to go after tax cheats or have more gun laws to go after people that uh, possess firearms and his own son, pled guilty to two tax evasion charges and one uh, illegal possession of firearms. I mean, this is a terrible example of leadership in the White House. And surely to goodness, uh, the American people are seeing that and we can get fresh new leadership uh, next year in the presidential election. I have one last question for you, Congressman. Um, You know, this obviously is the biggest political scandal um, in modern history. As far as I'm concerned, we have a sitting president who is, is. you know, compromised by our most dangerous enemies. But the Biden family also took money from Ukraine. My question to you is, in what way do you think that part of the scandal could be influencing the Ukraine war and the amount of tax dollars that our country is sending to that country? I'm really concerned about this, Rachel, and I may be a little different than some in my party, but I'm concerned about the blank check 
that yeah. we're giving Ukraine right now. Look, this president's just as compromised because of Ukraine as he is with China. And unfortunately, uh, we're, we're continuing to give Ukraine a blank check. Now, I support Ukraine against Russia. Uh, I will publicly say that. But I am concerned about the amount of money we're giving Ukraine and the fact that there's no real oversight. There's no inspector general. There's no uh, a good accounting of this money. And you wonder, is it because Joe Biden's scared? Uh, I mean, yeah. look, he has a lot of explaining to do about this Burisma deal. This Burisma deal is not over. And more evidence is coming in every day, like what we found with the IRS Form 1023, where he was alleged of taking a bribe over the Burisma stuff. Joe Biden was alleged of taking a $5 million bribe. So we're continuing to dig into this. We're following the money. And hopefully we'll have answers to those important questions very yeah. soon, Rachel. I suspect that uh, Zelensky knows. Maybe Joe Biden is afraid of Zelensky as well. Right. That's that could be what it's all about. Look, you know, Mr. President, if you don't give me the money, um, you're forcing me to do things I don't want to have to do. Right. Like rat you out and get you impeached. They use Zelensky to impeach President Trump. And all President Trump did was say congratulations. And it was that Alexander Vindman piece of crap that uh, did that. Wow. And, you know, it's part of our military now. This is this a liberal agenda-driven military. It's sad. I don't even recognize the country that we're in right now. Um, you know, you mentioned Ukraine over Russia, but Putin didn't destroy Iraq. The U.S. and NATO did. Putin didn't destroy Afghanistan, but the U.S. and NATO did. Putin didn't destroy Yugoslavia. The U.S. and NATO did. Putin didn't destroy Libya. The U.S. and NATO did. Putin didn't destroy Syria. The U.S. and NATO did. And Putin and Russia is not the problem. It's NATO aggression. It's the United States. You know, when Hillary Clinton said we came, we saw he died, talking about Gaddafi. How about Egypt overthrowing Mubarak in, in uh, making way for Morsi? And now they have El Sisi. Um, but there's a lot of atrocities that our CIA and our USAID and our State Department meddle in. And they are in lockstep with our Department of Defense and our presidents. And they're in control of our government. And it shouldn't be that way. Meanwhile, in France, there's a lot of weapons going to Ukraine that are ending up in France. Let's take a listen. Does someone in France, uh, does someone among the French authorities think about that? I would also like to say that weapons supplied to Kyiv and are in the hands of protesters and are being used against the police in France. I don't know if the French president revealed this information to his people or if it is kept in secret. Then we will announce that the arms provided by NATO, France and NATO the money they invest to support Nazis 
nationalist and fascist end up not only on their territory, but are used against their own people. Not only, you know, so basically what she's implying is that France themselves is attacking their own people. Where have we heard that before? In the United States. Look at the J6 situation, right? Look at that. So, yeah, um, okay, so I want to get to this, uh, this other piece. Oh, this is a good clip. The White House story is that the president knew nothing about uh, any of this. Uh, it just doesn't pass the smell test. This is uh, Senator Kennedy. I mean, just look at this from 35,000 feet. Let's suppose you're, you're an important government official, Bill, and very powerful, and, and your grown kid comes home one day and says, Dad, good news. A bunch of Russian companies and Chinese companies and Romanian companies and Ukrainian companies have just hired me. They're giving me millions of dollars to give them advice about stuff I don't know anything about. Now, what what are you going to do as a as a responsible government official? You're not going to say, don't tell me anything about it, but be sure and share some with your sister. You're going you're going to try to find out what's going on. And the White House's story is that the president knew nothing about any of this. And I mean, it just doesn't pass the smell test. Well, I mean, just look at this from that sounds believable, right? (laughs) I mean, I believe that. Yeah, totally. This guy, Paul Davis, writes this. He's a lawyer. He uh, says, He says this about the uh, Bidens. He stole the election. He let our troops get blown up in Afghanistan and checked his watch during their funeral. He forced us to be part of a science experiment. He locked up and tortured those who questioned the legitimacy of his election. He arrested his political opponent. He groped women and children. He sexually assaulted assaulted Tara Reid. He showered with Ashley, his daughter. He blew up the Nord Stream to start World War III. He forcefully vaxxed our military and fired all who resisted. He destroyed the dollar. He allowed an invasion on our southern border. He sold the influence of his office to China, China for millions. He is a traitor to this country and one of the most evil men to ever live. Impeach Biden. I don't, I think it's sensational, but I don't have a place where I disagree with that. I don't. So here's a quick uh, excerpt from Robert Kennedy Jr. talking about the Rockefellers' comparison to um, Elon Musk and Bill Gates. You know, Rockefeller was much richer than uh, than Bill Gates or Elon Musk is comparatively today. He controlled, I think, eighty percent of the oil in the world, and um, and so you had this tremendous wealth there was no income tax there was no protection of workers there was no you know there was no child labor laws and uh, and they really 
suppressed American democracy because they the legislatures then were involved and they and they 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 controlled the party so they could choose the president of the United States, which they did time after time. He, you know, Rockefeller was much richer than uh, than Bill Gates or Elon Musk is comparatively. All right. So, you know, that's interesting uh, because they you know, he's basically saying this is old as the hills that they're, uh, you know, stealing and and influencing elections like Soros or like Bill Gates or whoever, you know, Bill Gates is doing it on the uh, pandemic markets and the food chain and how he's not beyond behind bars is beyond, you know, beyond my imagination. I, I don't, I don't understand. A couple of uh, things I wanted to talk about before the end of the show is SCOTUS, you know, came out with these rulings uh, against uh, affirmative action and quota-based systems related to universities. Um, you know, and meanwhile, uh, there was another story where Harvard, uh, who was subject to this racial discrimination, was accused and found guilty of white legacy. So legacy, you know, people, family members of Harvard alumni, especially big donors, get royal treatment. And not only that, but if you were to look at the uh, Tom Hanks speech and look at the crowd at Harvard, it's predominantly white. But yet they're engaged in all kinds of quota-based and discriminatory uh, systems. It's kind of interesting there. But there's that. There's the religious freedom and uh, the affirmative action. And uh, yet the woman who became the Democrat AG in Arizona, who illegally won that election, right, Chris Mays, she won a race by 280 votes over Abe Hamadin after missing massive voting machine outages on Election Day, claimed she will refuse to abide by the Supreme Court ruling on religious freedom. So she's just doubling down. And also, the Biden administration has officially filed a notice in Missouri related to uh, their ability to censor social media and big tech conservatives on on big tech they're panicking they're taking out they're, they're trying to take out religious freedom and they're trying to take out free speech uh because they're panicking because they know trump, the trump train is rolling and the trump plane is flying and this is a big problem for them before we head out i wanted to read this to you we had some other clips on the uh climate hoax but this is one from 1989, June 29th, 1989. UN predicts disaster if global warming not checked. And of course, they say entire nations could be wiped out off the face of the earth by rising sea levels and the global warming trend is not reversed by the year 2000. Well, there's an argument that we're approaching an ice age and that this season has been cooler than many years in the past. So interesting follow that and uh with that i want to thank everybody for tuning in to the scott adams show be sure to check out org. make a donation if you can it helps this show advance america first policies to make america great again use red state over at mypillow.com and we'll see you next time and grab a shovel dig a hole a little Goodbye, deeper buddy. just to bury my kids right up to there